chances are good that at some point this evening, you will experience a serious brain dysfunction known as CBS, Christmas Brain Syndrome. <laughs> One minute you'll be focused on the story, and the next minute your brain will just shut down, and you'll find yourself wondering, where'd I put those holiday socks I bought on clearance last year? <laughs> and then you'll remember, <clears throat> it's just eight days away, and you still haven't found your Aunt Helen's sweet potato recipe. This is one of the most stressful times of year. One stress management consultant ranks the top five annual stress events as Thanksgiving, finals week, January 4th, which I know, seems random, <laughs> tax day, and you guessed it, Christmas. So if you think you're stressed right now, imagine what your ministers are feeling. <laughs> I'm a retired minister, so I don't have to imagine. Here's the truth. Ministers lie. <laughs> One lie they tell you is that they enjoy weddings. They don't. <laughs> Every minister you have ever met would much rather bury you than marry you. But that's, but that's because at weddings, the bar is set so high and the investment is so steep that the most important person in the room is about to fall off the sanity cliff at any moment. And that's just the mother of the bride. <clears throat> Here's some things that have happened at weddings I've officiated. At one, an usher forgot his pants. <laughs> at another, the groomsmen all thought it would be a great idea to do fireball whiskey shots five minutes before the service. I've seen sister-in-laws dangle pacifiers from in front of the altar in a desperate attempt to get a terrified toddler to walk down the center aisle. And more than one photographer has inched their way closer and closer until I was just ready to hand over the Bible and say, hey, you want to go for it? <laughs> but the biggest lie ministers tell you is that they love Christmas. It's part of their job description found in Article 3, Section C of every minister's contract. It comes right after, thou shalt never be seen entering a liquor store. And just before, thou shalt make every member of the congregation feel like they're the person in charge. It's in small print, but it definitely says, at Christmas, thou shalt be the jolliest person in the room. The truth is, Christmas is hard for everyone, but it's especially hard for ministers. I mean, everyone's busy at Christmas, but for ministers, it's their busy season. Think of it like April 15th for CPAs, except you never get a refund. <laughs> That's because in addition to the ongoing responsibility of a delightful and yet deeply meaningful weekly sermon, add to that the Dorcas Circle women's tea, the extra choir cantata practices where a farmer, two insurance agents, and a car salesman try to sound like Irish tenors,
and then there's the extra push for local missions. And don't forget, decorating the sanctuary with 35-year-old tinsel. <laughs> and God forbid someone dies this time of year. I remember a graveside service I officiated on frozen ground when it was barely 10 degrees outside. As our exhales blew puffs of smoke into the December air, I noticed the bugler standing about 15 feet away in full dress uniform. I was in the middle of the 23rd Psalm when I had a serious episode of Christmas brain syndrome. <laughs> oh no, the words were flowing fine, but in my mind, all I could think about was that scene from the movie A Christmas Story where that kid gets his tongue stuck to a frozen flagpole. And I just kept wondering, does that happen to buglers? <laughs> to this day, whenever I hear taps being played, all I can think about are triple dog dares and Red Rider BB guns. Okay, that last part was a lie, but... <laughs> but it brings us to the pinnacle of the whole season, the Christmas Eve candlelight service. That's a time when someone you haven't seen since Easter morning walks up and shakes your hand like your best friends. I mean, their faces look familiar, but really no clue. <laughs> and something you may not know is that the Christmas Eve candlelight service has the two trickiest pastoral duties of all, hurting a large group of small children and managing fire hazards. <laughs> My daughter works for DHS, and so I can tell you it's a fact that handling, handing a flame to someone cradling an infant and guiding a four-year-old is certifiable abuse. <laughs> there will be charges filed. Not to mention, Whoever thought it was a good idea to put a halo on a two-year-old and then give shepherd's hooks to fourth-grade boys? <laughs> they ought to be excommunicated. <laughs> Honestly, if you think you're suffering from Christmas brain syndrome, your ministers are skewing that bell curve way to the right. <laughs> Maybe it's because we never get Christmas Eve or Christmas morning off. Instead, we go to work, and our families come second. And that means as your children grow up and move far away, you can never travel to visit them or your grandchildren for Christmas. To this day, our four adult children celebrate Christmas Eve and Christmas morning elsewhere. Okay, maybe it's also because one of my traditions was Arby's roast beef sandwiches for Christmas Eve supper. <laughs> but it was squeezed between two candlelight services, honestly. I mean, I lost Santa in the fourth grade when my neighbor Debbie told me Christmas's dark secret. I lost my love of Christmas altogether when I entered the ministry. Crazy's a relative term, but we're all inching a little closer to it this time of year. Early on in my ministry, <clears throat> I felt torn between the two worlds of Christmas, the secular and the religious. 
In one world, there was wrapping paper strewn across the living room floor, ham and sweet potatoes roasting in the oven, and people lounging around in their pajamas sipping cocoa on Christmas morning. In the other world, the world I felt called to, there were church events many nights after Black Friday, and me in church, 15 out of 24 hours beginning on Christmas Eve morning. Ministers lie when they tell you they feel good about that. It's a coping mechanism, I guess, because there's a constant fear that you're never giving enough, never doing enough for your congregation. I mean for your family. Uh, but that fear is heightened over the holidays. Can a minister live with a foot in both of those worlds? And is it possible to even be jolly when you have to sacrifice your family for your faith community. I remember calling on a woman who was spending the holidays in a mental health unit. She'd lost her husband a few months before, and grief had taken her to a very dark place. I managed to visit her many times over the season, and with each visit, I got to know the rhythms and the people of that hospital ward a little better. There was one guy, he was great. He'd always greet me with a big smile and a joke, and he always carried an unlit cigarette. And every time he'd wink and ask me if I had a light, even though we both knew he wasn't allowed to smoke there. Another woman wore a different ugly Christmas sweater every day with her jingle bell bracelets and her red reindeer antlers. And I tell you, she fit right in beneath the twinkling lights around the nurse's station window. And I grew to admire those nurses more and more, the way they could calm and comfort patients, patients who might act out or become sullen, the way they could redirect them, finding just what was needed to restore balance to the individual and to the whole community. Christmas in that place taught me two things. First, there's no such thing as a perfect Christmas morning. And second, Every Christmas morning, no matter how it unfolds, is perfect in its own way. As it turns out, Christmas can be accompanied by tears. Christmas can be found in those little packages on hospital cafeteria trays. Christmas can even offer a different pace than the frantic rush between grocery stores and shopping malls. I started to ask myself, if these people who'd been thrown together by illness, by heartache, by chance, if they could find glimpses of joy at Christmas, couldn't I? Can a minister be jolly at Christmas? I decided I could be. Toward the end of every year, as the world loses daylight and we all have to navigate more and more in the darkness, you're going to see people out there just dragging that light back into their lives. During this time, seven major holidays are celebrated with lights. Jewish people light the menorah. Pagans light the Yule log. Hispanics celebrate Las Posadas with a parade of candles. Hindus celebrate Diwali with fireworks. Chinese people bring in the New Year with a lantern festival. People of African culture light the canara, and Christians are sort of fond of saying, a light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. 
But even if none of those traditions speak to you, I bet you still spend hours untangling strings of lights from boxes in the basement or teetering on ladders as you hang, as you hang them all around your house. When you leave tonight on your drive home, look around. Lights are everywhere. What's that about? What are we all looking for, hoping for? Even with the hassle, the crowded malls, the overcrowded hospital wards, even with the haze of Christmas brain syndrome, Christmas happens anyway. And families do form. Families form on frozen ground, on the lips of buglers who no matter what show up, in the arms of parents juggling children and a mortgage and date night, in the eyes of toddlers who drip candle wax on sanctuary carpet, <laughs> in the soft glow surrounding every nurse's station, and yes, even in the hearts of ministers who are just trying to help other people find a little light for their lives. So this Christmas, when your brain freezes up and you can't remember what you're forgetting, hang a string of lights and then give yourself the space and the grace to celebrate in whatever way works for you. Because what encourages me the most this time of year is not so much that the light came into the world. What encourages me the most is that so many of us are looking for it. I bet if we all looked together, we could find it. Trust me, would I lie? Yeah. <laughs>